And welcome back to the Word Encounter episode uh, 60. Uh, we completed uh, 2 Samuel chapter 15 yesterday, and we're going to start in chapter 16 today. Uh, at the end of chapter 15 yesterday, we recall that David was making plans with one of his advisors named Hushai to send him into Absalom's camp to become one of Absalom's advisors in order to throw confusion into their camp. And so in chapter 16, we continue on. Uh, it says, when David had gone a little bit beyond the summit, Ziba, Mesoboth's, uh servant, now this is Jonathan's son, um, was there waiting for him. And in verse 3, where's your master's grandson, the king asked. In other words, um, uh, Ziba was essentially the caretaker for Methaboseph, and so David is asking, where's Methaboseph? And says, why, he's staying in Jerusalem, Ziba replied to the king. Uh, for he said, today the house of Israel will restore my grandfather's kingdom to me. And so Ziba is telling David that Methaboseph said that today the house of my grandfather, in other words, Saul, Saul's kingdom is going to be restored back to me. And so this is what Ziba is telling David that Methaboseph said. In verse 4, the king said to Ziba, all that belongs to Methaboseph is now yours. And so David says, well, okay, if that's the way he feels about it, then everything I gave to him, I'm now giving to you. In verse 5, uh, it says, when, when King uh, David got to a certain city, a man belonging uh, to the family of the house of Saul was just coming out. His name was Shimei, son of Gera. In verse 7, Shimei said as he cursed, and so Shimei comes to meet David, and as he's coming out, he starts cursing him. He says, get out, get out, you man of bloodshed, you wicked man. The Lord has paid you back for all the blood of the house of Saul, in whose place you became king, and the Lord has handed the kingdom over to your son Absalom. Look, you are in trouble because you're a man of bloodshed. <laughs> and so when uh, Abishai, son of Zariah, uh, said to the king, why should, why should this dead dog live? Why, why should he curse my king? Let me go take his head off. And so David says, no, 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 we're not going to do that. And in verse 11, David said to Abishai and all his servants, look, my own son, my own flesh and blood intends to take my life. How much more now is this Benjamite? Leave him alone and let him curse me. The Lord has told him to do so. So David is thinking that, you know, he's, he's righteous in what he's doing and the Lord has told him to do this. So leave this man alone. And so Shimei keeps, uh, keeps cursing him, kicks rocks on him and everything else. And it says in uh, verse 15, now Absalom and all the Israelites came to Jerusalem. So remember, Absalom marches into Jerusalem because David has left. And so all the, all the Israelites come to Jerusalem. Uh, Ahithophel was also with him. When David's, friends, when David's friend Husai um, came to Absalom, Husai said to Absalom, uh, Absalom, long live the king, long live the king, long live the king. And so remember, uh, Ahithophel was uh, David's counsel, and he had abdicated and went to the other side. And so, um, and so Husai is also uh, attempting to do the same thing, um, but they don't know he's a plant. And so in verse 17... Uh, this is what Absalom says. Is this your loyalty to your friend? Absalom asked Husai. Why didn't you go with your friend? Notice how Absalom is calling his father, David, your friend. You, you, you know, Husai, this is your friend, your friend. He's not calling him his father or the king. Is this your friend? Ultimate disrespect, in my opinion. In verse 18, not at all, Husai answered. Absalom, not at all, uh, Husai answered Absalom. I am on the side of the one that the Lord, um, this people, and all the uh, men of Israel have chosen. 
I will stay with him. So Hussai is doubling down. He says, no, essentially all of the Lord, all the people and everything, they're with you. I'm with you. I'm not with David. In verse 20, then Absalom said to Ahithophel, okay, give me your advice. What should we do? So they, they, they bring Hussai in and says, okay, what's our next move? So they consult um, Ahithophel. What should we do next? Ahithophel replied to Absalom, sleep with your father's concubines, whom he left to take care of the palace. When all Israel hears that you have become repulsive to your father, everyone with you will be encouraged. And so he says, let's ultimately disrespect David. I want you to sleep with his concubines, you know, and not only sleep with them, this is what we're going to do. Verse 22. So they pitched a tent for Absalom on the roof of the palace, and he slept with his father's concubines in the sight of all Israel. So not only are you going to sleep with his concubines, we're going to do it so that everybody can see. Well, I don't, I don't know how they, I don't know if they were lined up at the tent or how this went down or whatever, but that's what happened. In verse 23. Now the advice of Ahithophel gave in those days was like someone asking about a word from God, from God. Such was the regard that both David and Absalom had for Ahithophel's advice. And so when you talk to him, he's like E.F. Hutton, right? You talk to him and he says something. Everybody listened and they did what he said. Because he was viewed as a very wise man. Chapter 17, verse 1, Ahithophel said to Absalom, let me choose 12,000 men and I will set out in pursuit of David tonight. And so he says, this is our next move. Give me 12,000 men, and I'm going to go get David tonight. We're not going to delay. We're going to do this immediately. And he says, I will strike down only the king and bring all the people back to you. When everyone returns except the man you're looking for, the people will be at peace. And so he says, okay, look, I'm not going to do any, any unnecessary killing. I'm only after David. Once we get David and kill him, I'll bring everybody else back. And, you know, all the brothers and everybody will be happy, and they will rejoice. It says in verse 4, the proposal seemed right to Absalom and all the um, elders of Israel. And so it sounded like a good plan, but apparently Absalom wasn't quite 100% convinced because he says, summon Hushai. You know, I want to know what he says. And so in verse 6, it says, so Hushai came to Absalom and Absalom told him, Ahithophel offered this proposal. Should we carry out his proposal? If not, what do you say? In verse 7, Hushai replied to Absalom, the advice Ahithophel has given this time is not good. Now remember, Hushai is a plant. It's not good. He says, no, 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 this isn't, a good, this isn't a good deal. You know, David has valiant men. David is a warrior. You know, these men aren't afraid of anything, blah, 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 blah. If you do this, it'll be a slaughter. He says, no, no, I got something better. He says in verse 11, instead, I advise that all men... Um, from Dan to Beersheba, as numerous as the sand by the sea, be gathered to you, and that you personally go into battle with them. So he says, no, let's gather all these dudes, and then you personally go into battle. In verse 12, then we will attack David wherever we find him. Uh, we will descend on him like dew on the ground. Not even one will be left, neither he nor any of his men with him. And so Hushai's land in case. This is what we should do. It says in verse 14, since the Lord had decreed that uh, Ahithophel's good advice be undermined in order to bring about Absalom's ruin, Absalom and all the men of Israel said the advice of Hushai is better than of Ahithophel's. And so uh, this, apparently the Lord was in this decision-making process and what Ahithophel was advising was good, 
but they're going to reject that and go and go with Husai's uh, plan. It says in verse 14, uh, 15, uh, Husai then told the priest Zadok and Abiathar. So uh, Abiathar and Zadok were in um, were 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 in the place, and so remember they're they're there they're spies to carry messages back to David, and so after they agree with Husai's plan, Husai tells them, and then they're going to go tell David, and that's exactly what they did. And then it says in verse 23, when Ahithophel realized that his, his advice had not been followed, he saddled his donkey and set out for his house in his hometown. He set his house in order and hanged himself. So he died and was buried in his father's tomb. And so I guess he may have figured that, hey, they're going to go with this other dude's advice. This isn't going to work. David's going to win then they're going to come for me and they're going to execute me because I was a traitor. I'm just going to get my house in order and take my own self out. And that's exactly what he did. Then we go down to chapter 18 in verse 1. It says, David reviewed his troops and appointed commanders of thousands and of hundreds. And so, so David's getting his army together because he's told what the plan is, uh, what uh, Absalom's going to do. So he's getting his troops together. And then it says, the king said to his troops, I must also march out with you. In verse 3, you must not go, the people pleaded. If we have to flee, they will not pay attention to us. Even if half of us die, they will not pay attention to us because you are worth 10,000 of us. Therefore, it is better if you support us from the city. And so, no, David, don't go. Stay here. You stay here. Don't go with us because it's going to be better. Now, this is going to prove to be a pretty uh, important decision. So David decides not to go. He stays there. But before the troops go, in verse 5, the king commanded Joab, uh, Abishai, and Ittai. These were the three commanders he had over his army. Treat the young man Absalom gently for my sake. All the people heard the king's orders to all the commanders about Absalom. And so David is telling his commanders, don't hurt my son. And everybody hears this. Verse 6, then David's forces marched into the field to engage Israel in battle, which took place in the forest of Ephraim. In verse 7, Israel's army defeated, um, Israel's army was defeated by David's soldiers, and the slaughter there was vast that day. And so they annihilated Absalom's forces, and they, they, they wiped him out. But apparently Absalom escaped, because we drop down to verse 9, and it says Absalom was riding on his mule, when he happened to meet David's soldiers. When the mule went under the tangled branches of a large oak tree, Absalom's head was caught fast in the tree. The mule under him kept going, so he was suspended in midair. And one of David's, uh, yeah, one of David's men saw him and informed Joab. And so he's, he's going out, he gets, gets caught, so he's just dangling there. And so uh, uh, one of the, um, uh, yeah, one of Joab's men sees him and tells him, and then uh, in verse 11, you just saw him, Joab explained. Why didn't you strike him to the ground right there? I would have given you 10,000 pieces of silver and a belt. And so Joab's like, you just saw him. Why didn't you kill him? And so, but the, the man was righteous. In verse 12, it says, the man replied to Joab, even if I had uh, the weight of a thousand pieces of silver in my hand, I would not raise my hand against the king's son. For we heard the king command you, Abishai and Ittai, um, protect the young man Absalom from me. So, so he heard what David told his commanders, and Joab wants to go against that. But this soldier is like, nah, uh-uh, I ain't down with it. And so in verse 14, Joab said, I'm not going to waste my time with you. Then he took three spears in his hand and thrust them into Absalom's chest. 
While Absalom was still alive in the oak tree, ten young men who were Joab's armor bearers surrounded Absalom, struck him, and killed him. And so Joab runs, you know, three spears through his chest, but apparently he's still not dead. And so his armor bearers finish him off. In verse 17, they took Absalom, threw him into a large pit in the forest, and raised up a huge amount of stones over him. And all Israel fled each to his tent. And so they, you know, they just just grabbed the dude and just, I mean, not dignified death at all. Just threw him in the pit, put stones on top of him. And then when word got out to the rest of the Israelite army that Absalom was dead, they all fled and left. And so the, the conflict was now over. And so in verse 21, Joab said to a Cushite, go tell the king what you have seen. The Cushite bowed to Joab and took off running. And so remember, there's no cell phones, no, no, no smoke signals or anything like that. And so he says, uh, this Cushite, you saw what happened here. Go tell David. And essentially, we won and it's over. And so then in verse 31, the Cushite came to David and he said, uh, may my lord the king hear the good news. The Lord has vindicated you today by freeing you from all who rise against you. Verse 32, the king asked the Cushite, is the young man Absalom all right? The Cushite replied, I wish that the enemies of my lord, the king, along with all who rise up against you with evil intent, would become like that young man. In other words, you know, I wish that everybody who came against you would get jacked up like Absalom just got jacked up. That's essentially what he's telling David. And then David's reaction is he is distraught. He says he walked around, he cried, my son Absalom, my son Absalom, my son Absalom. If only I had died instead of you, Absalom, my son, my son. And so he's just beside himself and distraught. And so then we see that uh, in verse 19, this gets reported to Joab. And we are going to examine Joab's response tomorrow. Because Joab's response to David is interesting. I should say Joab's response to David's response to Absalom's death is very, very interesting. And so with that, we will see you tomorrow. Bye-bye.